The Bible is an amazing book, amen? It is an amazing book. There are things in the Bible that are told to us that without the Bible, we would never know them. But then when we read them, it seems like we already knew that. It can speak to us of very simple things in complicated ways or very complicated things in simple ways. And it can tell us things that if we would just think about it would really help us. Sometimes we define things in life one way, but the Bible defines it another way. And we're wise to look at what the Bible has to say. When we, when we look at the Olympic Games, and we talked about it yesterday, we talked about how that, that back in, the, you know, in the, what was it, uh, 776 BC, the Olympic Games were a big deal in Greece. It was a big deal. They were always preparing for the Olympics every four years. In fact, the calendar was, was based on the Olympiad. It was a calendar based on four-year increments according to when the games were. It was a very, very big deal. There were traditions that were held on to. It went on for many, many years, like 1,500 years it continued. Then it stopped and then in 1896, it started up again. And now the games that we see today that have been going on for every four years, with the exceptions of two world wars, it has gone on every Olympiad. It's an amazing test of, of, of a skill and ability and agility and most of all, endurance. It's, it's doing something that you have one shot at every four years. One shot. Your moment is just that, a moment. And yet you prepare and you prepare and you prepare. We're preparing for a game. But the game is not a simple game where you get a laurel crown made out of leaves. Literally, this was the crown of the old Olympiads. They gave you a crown. Paul talked about this crown as a, a corruptible crown. Because in about a month, all those leaves are going to die and they're going to fall off and they're going to be worthless. Uh, just, just a little survey here. How many of you, when you were young, you won a trophy and it was the biggest thing in your life in that moment. And you kept it for years and it gradually went off the top shelf into the bottom shelf. From the bottom shelf into the garage. From the garage into the attic. And you finally thought, why am I keeping this thing? And you finally didn't know how to get rid of this, but you just got rid of it. Anybody had a trophy like that? That's how every trophy we win in this world is going to be. Every award, every medal, every victory in this world, is, it's going to lose its power. But the benefit that you get from preparing for the games is totally different. The scripture does say that bodily exercise profits little. And true, when it comes to bodily exercise, if we train our body and we don't train our mind, then we're just not going to be much better off. But if we will train our bodies and our minds, it will help us to endure. Endure, again, is the ability to do hard things for a long time and not quitting. Doing hard things for a long time. Young people, I want to encourage you. Do the right thing for a long time without quitting. But if you're doing the wrong thing, you can quit right now. There is no addiction in this room that you can't quit for at least 20 minutes. And if you can quit for 20 minutes, you can quit for 21 minutes. 
And if you can quit for 21 minutes, come on somebody, you can quit for 25 minutes. And if you can quit for 25 minutes, you can quit for 35 minutes. And if you can quit for 35, you could commit to an hour. You can do it. You can do it. Praise God. In Romans chapter number five, verses three and four, the Bible says, not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings. What? Knowing that suffering produces endurance. That suffering produces endurance. Then it goes on to say, and endurance produces character and character produces hope. Let's put the King James Version up there. Endurance is that ability to do hard things for a long time. Can we, can we put that back up there? It's okay. Romans 5, 3, and 4. I'm going to read it in the King James Bible. Uh, oh, that's a good one too. In fact, I'm going to get there. All right. Not only so, but we glory in tribulations. How many last time you had a tribulation? You're like, yes. You know, here, the true story, true story. I was on the phone Thursday. My son is making a 30 hour drive from California to Arkansas. He's moving. Thank the Lord out of California to Arkansas. I'm loving it. I'm on the phone with him and he says, Oh, I see tread flying in the back. He's pulling a one ton, a one ton truck, pulling a 30 foot cattle trailer, stock trailer in the back with all of his belongings in it. Oh, I see rubber flying. This guy just honked at me. Yep. I've got a, a blowout on the left side. He said, but no problem. I'm prepared for it. (laughs) He sounded just like that. He pulls off on the side of the road. He says, all right, cool. Well, all right, I'm going to get out and take care of this. I'll be right back. I'm like, wait a minute. (laughs) Where's the, oh, I can't believe it. God, why are you mad at me? I can't believe that guy sold me one of those tires out there. Can you believe that thing? Oh, of all times, it's right now. Can you just believe? He didn't do any of that. He was prepared for this situation. And so it did not bother him at all. In fact, he was pleased at the situation and how it worked out because he had prepared for this very thing. And it proved that what he prepared for was appropriate. When that event took place, he had already practiced it. To the point where it wasn't a tribulation at all. It wasn't even a problem because he was already prepared for it. Endurance, young people, is preparing for something in such a way that you can keep doing a hard thing for a long time without quitting. If you try to do something hard for a long time and you've never practiced it, there's a good chance you're not going to be able to do it. We have this phrase a lot that says, practice your faith. When you go to the doctor, you know, he's going to practice medicine. (laughs) I'm glad it's not his very first time. In Romans, it tells me that when we have these tribulations and situations, it's it's a good chance to practice some things. We can practice these things. And I'm going to give you something I want you to practice today. It's going to be kind of a weird thing, but I'm going to give you something I want you to practice. Uh, let's, let's read this, this, this verse here in, uh, let us see, I think it's Psalm chapter number 37, uh, verses 1 to 9. Now, this is a Psalm of David, 
in his elder years, it's a, it's a special poem that he's writing in where the first letter of the, of the first verse is an A, an Aleph in the Hebrew alphabet. And it's got like four stanzas or four lines. And then the next one is Beth, the, the second letter of the Hebrew alphabet. And it goes on. And so we're just going to read a couple of these. But uh, notice what this verse says in King James. There's, there's all kinds of channels. But this one here is, oh, let's go to read the whole thing right here. It says, fret not thyself because of evildoers. Neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. All right, hear this out, young people. For they, the workers of iniquity, shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. That's good counsel. So shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. The two things the Israelites really, really, really wanted was not to get, lose a battle and lose their promised land, and to be able to have groceries. Then it says, delight thyself also in the Lord, and he, the Lord, shall give thee, you, the desires of thine heart. Little head scratcher, but I think I know what he's talking about there. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Somebody say commit. Trust also in him. Somebody say trust. And he, God, shall bring it the desires of your heart to pass. And he shall bring forth thy righteousness as a light. That means everybody's going to see it. Notice it. And thy judgment as the noonday. People are going to respect what you're doing. It's going to be obvious. Rest. Well, we need this word. Rest in the Lord. And wait patiently for him, the Lord. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. He's telling us, don't worry, be happy. He wants you to recognize that just because your church isn't the biggest church, that doesn't mean that you should change what you're preaching. I don't know about you, but I've driven by some places and I go, God, how does this happen? I, I am preaching the truth and I'm giving my life for this. And, and that is like Kool-Aid. Why? How is this? Psalm 37 is for me. Don't worry about it, Jerry. <laughs> Mind your own business. You do what I told you to do. Fret not yourself. Because of evildoers. And don't worry about it if they're prospering. Don't worry that that one's bigger or that one's faster or that one's better. But I want you to delight thyself in the Lord. Now, I'm not a Hebrew scholar by far. But I did look it up in my little, my, uh, little book that tells me what some of these words mean. And this word delight is a very interesting word. Everybody say, aw, nag. That's Hebrew. So, man, you guys are pretty amazing. You get to, you're learning to speak Hebrew today. Aw, nag. Now, I hope you're not talking about your spouse when you think of that. But that word is the word delight. That word delight means to find luxurious and to find absolutely wonderfully comfortable. Now, this is where I'm going to need a helper or two. I'm going to need a, 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 I mean, a Grammy award winning actor or actress, or maybe even both, that will help illustrate absolute blissful comfort. I'm going to need someone that can come to this platform with me and they're going to just make me believe with everything that is in me that they are absolutely comfortable the girl 
Ladies and gentlemen, I have had a volunteer. Sister Gabby, you have volunteered. <laughs> Give it up for Sister Gabby. All right. So here's what I need. Now, if you need to move this pillow in a, in a unique way, just help yourself to do that way. You can point this way, point that way. All I, all I really want, I want you to lay on this pillow in such a way that I think you are in the absolute fluffiest cloud, relaxed and enjoying this pillow. All right, on the count of three. Yeah, one, two, three. Now, now watch this. Oh, she's definitely tired. Oh, yeah. Oh my, there it is. Oh my, I can hear her purring. Look at that smile on her face. Well, very good. Give her a big hand. How about that? Man, very a Grammy award right there, right there. Very, who thinks they can do a good job at this right here? This is the feather pillow from the Hilton. <laughs> Don't tell them I borrowed it. All right, all right. Okay, sweetheart, you come up here and help me out. Come on up here, come on up here. Come on up here, here it is, here it is. Okay, hold on to this pillow right here. Is it soft? Yeah. Okay, let me see. Oh my, oh, that's really soft. Really. Tell me how soft it is. Really? Hey. All right, come right here, right here, right here. Okay, this is what, look, you are smiling so softly. That's so good, so good. Okay, now, I'm gonna, imagine that you're super, super, super tired. You're gonna lay that pillow down, and I wanna see the biggest, most comfortable smile on your face. Are you ready? All right, in three, two, one. Now, here she goes, there it is. Oh, she's giggling. <laughs> oh, you're doing so good. I think I even hear her snoring. Hold on, let me see right here. That's not a snore. That is, I think that's purring too. All right, give her a big hand. She did a great job. You did good. Sweet, it's time to wake up. It's just time. Okay, okay, here we go. Thought we lost you right there. Very good. I need another helper. Somebody else can bring. I need a, I'm talking about Grammy Awards. All right, you think? You think? You're not sure. You think? All right, FC Kids, come on up here right here. I mean, that, that one, that one with the FC Kids shirt here. All right, here we go. All right, here we go. All right. Let's look at the, uh, at the audience right here. I'm going to hand you this pillow, and I want you to tell me how soft it is. Ready? One, two, three. It is so soft. Ooh, it is so soft. Ooh, man. Look at that smile on her face. Folks, this is the word delight. H hold on to that pillow hug, and you like wiggled. This is the word delight. Look over here at this side. Big smile. Do you like you were doing right there? That is so soft. Lay your head on that pillow like you did. Oh, it's like, like, like it's a Kodak moment. For all that's over 50, we know what that is. This is the word aw, nag. It's to delight yourself in the Lord. To find the Lord luxurious, soft, comfortable. See, look, as, she's, as she's holding this pillow, you can tell She's wrapped up in the whole thought of this pillow. This pillow is very soft. It's very soft. And I can tell she's enjoying this pillow. I have to tell you, some of you did not come to church this way. But some of you did. Some of you came to church with your head laying on the pillow and a smile on your face, <laughs> wiggling back and forth, loving the presence of God. This is the image 
that God gives us. Now watch how well she can play like she's restful and on that. But on the count of three, you're going to drop the pedal and you're going to make me know that you are having the best night's sleep of your whole life. One, two, three. Now, there's the pillow and she's down. Look at that. Oh, she has got the cutest little smile on that pillow right there. Oh my goodness. Wow. You're doing really, really, really good. Pillows are nice. Pillows are nice. I wish I had something... Um, Man, I just wish I had a better way to... I have an idea. Hold on, hold that thought. I think yesterday when I was walking around here, I came over to this very corner. Yes! Yes, look at this. I found something else that you could hug on to. <laughs> now hold hold on before you, before you get... I'm going to find out if this is really soft. So I need you to help me out. What do you think of this? Tell me, if this is this huggable and soft? Oh, man, to be a teddy bear in her arms. Wow. <laughs> wow. How about that? Let's see, I'm telling you, are we ready? Ready? One, two, three. Here we go. Oh, whoa, man. Yes. That's awesome. That's awesome. Man, you, you could love somebody into two pieces. <laughs> very nice. Very nice. Somebody else want to show me how they hug? Right, would you, can you give me, a, give me a really good good hug on that? Let's see what you got right there. Look at that. Oh, my. God. Oh, whoa. The bobby pin hug. <laughs> All the way around. What was she's gone? Oh, there she is. Isn't that soft? We need to name this, okay? We need some help naming it. I need some help naming it. What, what do you think? What do you think the name should be? Nick. 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 Kind of like shaving in the morning, I guess. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> what do you think the name should be? Um, lilacs. What was it? Lilacs? Lilacs. Lilacs. Yeah. All right. Let's see how soft it is. How soft do you think it is? Is that pretty soft? I, I, we got the softest one. What do you think? What do you think the name should be? Average Joe. <laughs> Something tells me you expected just that from this young man. Yes, dear. Okay, what do you think the name should be? Fluffy. Flu Hold Fluffy. Let me see what you think. Isn't Fluffy? Oh, my goodness. Fluffy is amazing. I hadn't forgot about you yet. <laughs> fluffy is amazing. Amazing. Okay, now. Whoa, so many loving arms here. All right, I tell you what. We'll start right here, and I'm going to let you pass it down. All right? Give it a hug. Pass it down. Give it a hug. Pass it down. Give it a hug. Okay, pretty good, guys. You know how they are. Give it a hug. Pass it down. Mm, yep. Yep. Pass it down. <laughs> Give it a look. Pass it down. That was very nice. <clears throat> Pass it. Pass. Does somebody have a name for him? What, what do you think right here? A name? Name. George. George. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Oh, that means, uh, Teddy. What was it? Teddy. Ted. Oh, there we go. Teddy. Yes. Yeah. Mr. Monk. Mr. Monk. I like that. Yes. What do you think? Cupcakes. Cupcakes, sweet. Okay. Okay, how about this one? Marshmallow. Marshmallow. Fluffy, fluffy. What do you think? Mister. Mister. Let's see what this one right here is. Let's see. This is very, very, very soft. Very soft. Let's see. Somebody else. Anybody over here want to get? Is there a grown-up that likes to hug teddy bears? I don't know if you do. Nobody over here. Where? Where? Uh, I can't do this unless you make me. <laughs> I, I, I can't do it unless you're really loud and I have no choice. 
Well, I, I can't do it. I can't stop right there. Oh, here we go. Let's see. It. Oh, it's so nice. What's the first thing that comes to your mind when you hold this, this beautiful, luxurious, delightful teddy bear? I, I've had boys. I don't know how to name bears. Uh, we'll call him Tom Brady. There we go. <laughs> Tommy, Tommy, Teddy, Tommy, Teddy. Wow, luxurious. All right, now, sweetheart, you've got that pillow, and you really loved that pillow, and you let me to think that you really love that pillow. Now, can you do the same thing to this guy? Let's watch this. Oh, make some purring noises. (laughs) Now, I want you to lay down, and yes. Oh, my goodness. You really do love that bear. Well, I can't hardly take it from her. <laughs> what would you name? What would you name that bear if you could name? Do you need time to think about it? What would you name that bear if you could name that bear? We're thinking about delighting ourselves in the Lord. She's got the perfect image of the, the luxurious way that we could treat the presence of God. She's enraptured. Look, she's not mad at anyone right now. She's not thinking about anybody's problems. She's not thinking about tomorrow. She's not thinking about who's got the biggest house or who has the nicest shoes. She is enraptured by this delightful, huggable presence that she's found. Have you thought of a name yet? Okay, here we go. Mr. Ted. Mr. Ted, so respectful, formal, yet very descriptive. Isn't that technology, education, and design? So I guess that's what we are right there. What would you do if Ted was yours? How would you treat... No, no, I'm going to show you. How would you treat Ted if Ted, Mr. Ted, excuse me, was yours? Would you take good care of him? Yes. What, what, what would you do to make sure that he lasted a really good long time for you? That you, he, was, he was there for you, that he didn't just get forgotten about somewhere. I would love him and give him a lot of pancakes. <laughs> well, you know, that's wonderful. That happens to be Mr. Ted's favorite foods. He, you might not have known his, his favorite food. Oh, he did. He did. He told me. Delight thyself in the Lord. What do you guys think? I mean, should I? Should... Sweetheart, would you do me the greatest favor in the world and take care of Mr. Ted for the rest of his life? <laughs> Give her a big hand. She did a wonderful job. She did a wonderful job. You can take Mr. Ted home with you. He's yours. How beautiful, how beautiful, how beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. How cool, how cool is that? Delight. I hope you never forget the thought of delighting in the Lord. The next time you're by yourself, I want you to wrap your arms around the Lord. I want you to hold him and shake him like that, just like she did. It is impossible to be angry with someone while loving someone. When we love the Lord, we can't be angry or contentious or selfish. The the Bible says God is love. He is love. And when we love the Lord, everything else gets just insignificant. 
But the scripture tells us more than just loving the Lord. It gives us two steps to victory. Those that delight themselves in the Lord, all they need to do is, short of loving God, is to trust him. Everybody say trust. And commit. Look, you're not going to commit to something you don't trust. But you're not going to love something you don't trust either. Trust is not easy for people that have been hurt. But listen, God did not hurt you just to hurt you. If this thing that happens to you looks like God hurts you just for the fun of hurting you, let's stop and redefine that. What is exercise anyway? How do you train for an endurance race? You do what it is that you expect to do in a controlled environment so that you can do what you are expected to do when you do not control the environment. You go to the gym and you do push-ups. What a waste of time, right? You do push-ups so that you can lift your body off of the floor so that if you ever need to lift your body off of the floor, you'll be able to do that. You run around the block so you can keep your heart strong when you have an opportunity to quit if it gets to be too much. And you didn't quit the race, you just quit that level of training so that when time comes and you need to run somewhere, you don't have to quit. Exercise is experiencing difficulty under a controlled situation so that you will have the strength when that situation is out of your control. When we exercise our faith, God may very well allow us to see and experience difficulties, not because he wants you to quit, but because he wants you to exercise. Kevin, my son, exercised when he put extra spares inside his vehicle and he had a floor jack handy. He had already taken off the lug nuts, lubricated them, put them back on so that when he needed to change that flat tire... He would be ready. And sure enough, he was perfectly confident in taking care of that on the side of the road. He had already done it in the garage at home well before he had to do it on the side of the road. Church is a discipline. Reading your word is a discipline. Praying is a discipline. Fasting is a discipline. You're bringing your body into subjection to your will. So that when your body seems to get stronger and your will gets weaker, you will still be able to bring that body, that flesh, those carnal ways back into subjection like it should be. Exercising. Trusting and committing your way to God. Young people, you will never trust something that you don't love and you'll never commit to something that you don't trust. You're not going to church because mom goes or dad goes or grandpa goes or they have good music or you like the toys they give. Go to church so that you can grow spiritually and understand what life means, who you are and why you're here. You were created for one reason. That was to house the presence of God. You were created to be a vessel 
of the Spirit of God. That's what you were made for. As soon as God formed Adam of the dust of the ground, he breathed into him the breath of life. He created the vessel and then he filled it because that's exactly what Adam was designed to do. Young people, there's gonna be a time you're gonna wonder why are you on this earth and what is my purpose? I'm gonna answer that question. What is the meaning of life? I can tell you, Buddha. I can tell you. You don't have to search for the meaning of life. I can tell you whether your meaning is to house the presence of the Lord and to decant it as the Lord gives you instructions. A little bit over here in Jesus' name. I'm a vessel of living water. And I pour some on you and I pour some on you. And my neighbor is drying up, so I'm going to give some to my neighbor. You're only two steps from victory. You delight yourself in the Lord. And he has given you the desires of your heart. Now, that scripture could very well mean that he gives you things that you want, like the land and like food. But when I was reading this verse, the, I feel like the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me and said, what does it mean? You know, he'll give you the desires of your heart, trust in him and commit your way to him. And he will bring it to pass. What is it? It has to be the desires. I believe this verse is telling me, Jerry, when you delight yourself in me, I am going to put in your life desires. I'm going to give you some wants in your life. Hear me. Hear me, church. This is super important. Young people, I want you to listen to what I'm saying. When you love on God, he's going to put some things in your heart. They're not your desires. They're God's desires. Nobody in their right mind would desire to fast, to go without food. No one in their right mind would desire to teach a Sunday school class for years. No one would desire to do nursery, to vacuum the floors, to mow the lawn, to, to give sacrificially. Those are not your desires because those are not human desires. Those are divine desires. If you are a supernatural giver, it is because you delighted yourself in the Lord and God gave you a desire for the purpose of providing where provision was needed. If you're a connector, it's not because you're a connector. It's because God, in your delighting for him, gave you a desire in your heart. Young people, I could go through each one of you and I could ask you, what is a desire that you have for God or for others? And you could tell me, I want to be a preacher. I want to be, I want to be a worship leader. I want to be a Sunday school teacher just like my Sunday school teacher. I want to build churches. I want to take the gospel. Those are not your desires. They're not even human desires. If God has given you a desire in this church today, there's two steps to make it come to pass. Number one, you know that you're delighting in the Lord. You've done that very thing. Trust the Lord. Not your spouse. It'd be great if you trusted them too. <laughs> but not a person who, listen, they will let you down. Just like you do. You're human. And that's one of the things that happen. We're, we err. We mess up. They're going to let you down. I wanted to do the trust game here and have somebody stand up on top of something really tall and fragile and fall back into my arms. 
But me and the insurance company decided that wouldn't be wise. But to stand up like this and to just fall back into someone's arms, that's trusting them. And committing to them is when you do that on the top of something very tall. (laughs) When you delight in the Lord and God has given you a desire, doesn't matter what it is, trust and commit. And God, not you, will bring it, that desire that he placed in your heart, to pass. Two steps to victory. Trust and commit. Say it with me. Trust and commit. Trust and commit. Trust and commit. Lord, what do I need to do? To be in your will. Trust and commit. This is about endurance. Musicians, would you come? This is about endurance. Doing hard things for a long time without quitting. Young people, you will have more opportunities to quit than you will have to begin. Don't quit. If you're loving on God... Don't quit. If you're reading your Bible, don't quit. If you're disobeying your parents, quit. (laughs) If you're leaving your socks in the bathroom floor or you're making a mess when you take a bath and there's water everywhere, you might want to look at that. But when it comes to doing God things... If the Bible says to do it, just keep on doing it. Honor your mother and father. Don't quit that. It doesn't matter how old you get. Honor your mother and your father. Give honor to whom honor is due. Give cheerfully and willingly. Whatever you have, give. Be a part of what God is doing. And whatever you do, don't quit. Delight yourself in the Lord. And let the Lord Give you the desires of your heart. Can we all stand? I'm going to do something here. We're going to pray. And we're going to ask the Lord to show you a desire that belonged to him that he gave you. So when we're going to to pray, we're going to ask God, God, show me a desire that you have given me. It's not mine, it's yours. Young people, eyes on me, check this out. God, what have you given me a want to do that's not really my want, it's yours, and all I have to do to satisfy this desire in my heart is to trust and commit. Trust means I'm gonna keep on because I know God gave it to me. I'm going to keep practicing because I know this is a desire God has given me. I'm going to keep exercising this gift, this faith, this spiritual thing because I know it's from God. Young person, what has God given you that he wants to bring to pass in your life? Brother McCool, I want to be an encourager. When somebody's down and discouraged, I want to be there to give them some encouragement, to help them not quit. I know what it's like to be alone. I don't want anyone to be alone. 
Brother McCool, it's funny that you asked that. This morning, I felt like God wanted me to, to learn to play the piano in church. I don't even know how to play the piano. What do I do? Trust and commit. Oh, Brother McCool, I know this is going to sound really weird, but I really felt like God wanted me to write my mom a note telling her how much I honor, how she's helped bring us through this situation. But I'm only like nine years old and I really can't write that well. God, what should I do? Trust that this desire is from God and commit your way to Him. Brother McCool, I know I'm not living right. I know I'm doing some things I shouldn't do. I've convinced myself that nobody's perfect. And since nobody's perfect, I don't have to try that hard. I've convinced myself that God is gracious and His mercy is good enough. And I can sin here and sin there and be inconsistent and not really try that hard. And God still loves me, right? Oh, He loves you. He absolutely loves you. And the problem isn't that God separates Himself from you. The problem is the Bible says that sin separates us from God and every time you turn around and God is there and you get further and further away and you turn around but God is there and you you get further and go around a corner and over a hill and around a turn and then you turn around and you can't see God not because God moved but because you got further and further and further and further away brother McCool I, I feel like I need to make a change in my life today let me tell you, that's not your desire. That's a desire God has placed in your heart. Moms and dads, I don't know what you're struggling with today. I don't know. Life might be wonderful for you. You might be the doctor, the physician, the nurse, the carer of a group of people, the nurturer, that you're healthy because this place needs some healthy people to render some care. Or you might be that person that's here that needs some care. My life has fallen apart. I have no reason anymore. I just want to shrivel up somewhere and disappear. I want to encourage you today. There is a beauty in delighting in the Lord. And if you will trust and commit your way to Him, God Almighty will bring it to pass every head bowed and every eye closed don't come to the altar yet i'm going to count down and when i say now the altars will be open and when i say now i don't want you to walk i want you to come quickly but before we come to an altar it's always appropriate to wash yourself just like before you go to dinner you need to wash your hands before we come to an altar every time we should wash ourselves and washing ourselves go like this lord jesus would you forgive me for every one of my sins. Washing yourself means to clean yourself. Not because you can clean it, but because God promised you that He is faithful and just, that if we confess our sins, He will forgive them. This period of, this blessing is for a short period of time called grace, and there will be a day it ends, but for right now, when you sincerely repent, the Bible declares with certainty that He will say yes 
Lord, forgive me for that terrible thing I did many, many years ago. The powerful blood of Jesus washes it away. I'm not telling you the enemy won't remind you about it, but when he does, you just turn your eyes to Jesus and say, Lord, I'm so thankful for the power of the cross that took care of that sin that I committed many years ago, that that enemy keeps reminding me and it serves to tell me the power of your grace and mercy. If you did something yesterday or are you even planning to do something tomorrow, you can say, Lord, change my heart today. Lord, I delight in you and just hold on to the Lord. And I'm going to trust and I'm going to commit in the name of Jesus. The first two steps you take toward this altar are going to be trust and commit. Mighty God, in the name of Jesus, I pray that your hand would move across this congregation. Speak a language that we understand. Take down every barrier that separates us from you, God. And when we step out in faith today, I pray that you would meet us with the power of the host of heaven, God. In the wonderful, powerful, lovely name of Jesus. Three, two, one. Now, come quickly, 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 come up. You've already repented. Begin to worship the Lord and lift your hands. Lord, I trusted and I committed moms and dads. Go ahead and take at least two steps toward an altar. That first step of trust, that second step of commit, and say, Lord, I've done the hard part. And that was, I delight in you, Lord. And now I trust you. And I commit my way unto you. Yes. Yes. You're doing good, church. You're speaking to the Lord. And the Lord hears you. Lord, what desire are you bringing out of my heart today? What are you teaching me today that I didn't know before? Yes, 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 you're doing good. I love how you're worshiping. Beautiful. Yes. I love how you're praying for your brothers. I love how your hands are lifted. Tears streaming down your eyes. Not because you're perfect, but because he's perfect. I love you, Lord. Come in. 